Hey team, I hate announcing when things are wrong, but you might notice on the podcast today, the audio quality is a little subpar even for us, uh, despite everything we do on our side to increase our technical capabilities. Sometimes you just make a bonehead move. And that's what I did this week. I pulled the USB drive out of the computer before things were done saving. And so I sort of killed our high quality audio. Luckily, uh, we're so neurotic, we have a backup and you'll be listening to the backup this week. So I just wanted to formally apologize that things sound a little off. Uh, though the good news is that we've set the bar so low, you probably won't even notice. Uh, thanks for your understanding, and enjoy the season finale of season four of Out of Practice Podcast. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald So I miss the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Today, Mike is nervous, and not for the reason you think. I got a booster shot, my flu shot, and I got a frozen sticker. Band-Aid, not sticker. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast that talks about David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week is our season finale of season four. This is season four, episode 22, entitled Life Sentence, which I'm sure it probably feels like if you've been listening to this podcast all the way through. Uh, this is Oops episode 83, and if you're counting at home and or have a spreadsheet like I do, you will know that if you have listened to every minute of every episode of the Out of Practice podcast so far, you have lost almost six and a half days wow. of your life. Well, <laughs> there you go. A week. We, you've almost given us a week of your existence, and you know what? We appreciate you. And we appreciate ev- appreciate appreciate every one of those seconds that you have breathed our way. Uh, yeah, boy, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but uh, that's what we do. We do so. So, how are things going, Mike? Well, you got Keith, your flu shot. I got my flu shot. Uh, check my Instagram if you don't follow me on Instagram at mikeyi99 uh, to see the amazing production value, uh, the amazing production value that CVS. Uh, Minute Clinic put forward to encourage people to get the flu shot this year. Uh, as I quoted there, it looks like a third grade science project. Uh, it's very bad. Yeah, no, uh, our our local CVS here at Dittmar's, they do, they're really big on the science fair like signs that they put up. It's it's impressive. So Keith, the, the Minute Clinic 
is a separate entity inside of the CVS, I've come to learn. Interesting, very interesting fact. You ready for this? So the Minute Clinic is about, uh, I'd say, 15 paces, human paces, from the pharmacy in the CVS. So they're not but 15 paces from one another. I've actually been in the Minute Clinic. At the Minute Clinic, the flu shot, if you are uninsured, is $50.00. And at the pharmacy, the flu shot, if you are uninsured, is $25. Hmm. So I don't understand the marketing strategy there, but uh, there are two. There is a $100 or 100% markup at the Minute yeah. Clinic for the flu shot this year. So um, I, I encourage you to just go to the pharmacy at your local CVS and get it there instead of the Minute Clinic. Uh, welcome to America. We've really sorted it all out. It's going great. Keith. Yes. Yes. Word on the street is you've made some progress in your hunt for a new living situation. <laughs> I uh, have my lease signed. We're moving out. We've got the movers scheduled. Yes. We're, we've, begun, we've begun packing. And by we've begun packing, I mean Jen packed one box or two. And that counts. Uh, it does count. I've done nothing. What about you? Where are we? Where are you? Oh, boy. It's funny you ask this morning because we're in the panic phase of... Uh, of, of, of purchasing a home so we are but we we are in sort of the process and boy once you get rolling down that ski slope you are going uh but yeah i mean we'll we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks but we you know we're certainly rolling towards a house so rolling towards a a, a new basement Ooh. so whatever whatever happens there is going to be a a basement in my future, a real live basement that we will be filming this in. So I will be able to show you what's happening this day in the basement right, right freaking now. So that's pretty cool. But in my brain, all I'm, all I'm conjuring are images of torture chambers, uh, dankness, bugs crawling, a real sort of, um, new kids on the block, uh, abducting Bobby vibe. Right, right. Well, I, I think, Here's what what I think I'm, I should point out. We're up. I can't believe you had that queued up. That's so I, that was not planned. Yeah, see, you know, if we're going to be in the basement, we're going to be. Oh, we already got X'd out by YouTube. Yep, sure did. <laughs> uh, I'm curious as to what the uh, Boston Red Sox thing here is this week. Uh, I can't. Oh even... yeah. Yes, we we have competing uh, sports ball things on the screen right this very minute. Well, it's it's a season finale, so we got to bring it. So, Keith, speaking of sports ball, we'll get there. Uh, all of our teams are out of the NHL playoffs, so I hate hockey again, uh, for the yep. record. And yep, I, I, I'm, I'm so sad I can't watch hockey right now. The NFL comes back. We have our fantasy draft this week. And, That's right. Uh 5,000 fans have their tickets ready for Thursday night football at, in Arrowhead Stadium. Or is this a good idea, bad idea? Who the hell knows? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think having fans is a terrible idea. I, I, I've said on, on this before, I was very much expecting baseball to have shut down by now. So for whatever reason, baseball's still going. So maybe there's hope. Maybe there's not maybe we get four weeks into the season and that's it. Uh, I don't know, but I have, 
a fantasy draft tonight and two on Wednesday, none of which I am prepared for in the slightest. And, you know, that's what you come here for. You come to the Out of Practice podcast to hear about our fantasy football drafts. Keith, would you say that your preparation, what what, what was the thing on the SATs when you have such and such is to such and such? What were those called again? I don't know. know, By the time I took my SATs, I knew I was going to a music conservatory and they didn't count. What are those called? Maybe we'll get a text from the uh, CEO intern that's back. Uh, those are co- there's a like you know what I mean though. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So could you say that your preparation for your fantasy football drafts are to tr- uh, the Trump boat, the preparation that went into the Trump boat parade? <laughs> would, the, would you say that those are what is that called? I can't remember. Correlated in some fashion, were yes. more or less than. Uh, yeah, well, thus far, my fantasy season is definitely looking up to be, uh, looking to be a Trump boat parade. So, uh, but you never know. Analogies, Analogies and comparisons. And comparisons. There's yeah, a more specific sort of. term. I mean, that's, yes, is the, that is correct, but there's a specific term they use on the SATs. I, I can't remember, but we'll see. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, uh, if you know the answer to that question, you can more or less uh, uh, right in with your filings and subpoenas. I gotta wake up. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Oh my! I I was fine all morning, and then the minute we turned on the camera, like my brain is dead. Sleepy it's Keith. Not good. Sleepy Keith. Sleepy. Sleepy Keith. Yeah. No. It's, Sleepy uh, Keith it's and not, dead arm Mike. Dead arm. Yes. All right. Well, let's get through these filings and subpoenas. Of course, our our good friend, your mother, Tom Brady, Cloud Lover sixty nine, Phoenix. I thought you were starting it on your mom jokes, and I was like, "Damn, that's early in the podcast to go there." But okay, <laughs> you mean literally my mom, Phoenix? I mean Gage. literally your mom wrote in in her southern accent, Mike. It seems like every episode I'm finding new things that I have in common with you and or Keith. My father also ran his own business, wasn't around much, had type 1 diabetes, and experienced years of health issues until he died in 1999, just as I was entering adulthood. But, more similar to Keith, I did not delete my accent. I never had one. My father was 25 before he moved here from Brazil, so it could be that neither of my parents were from the area that I grew up, Or it could be like Keith, I was a pompous child. To which I say, why can't it be both? Keith, do you you know what? In in honor of Phoenix's comment there, why don't we play that uh, that 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 pompous bump bumper? But for both of you, your your favorite? Oh yeah, okay. So (laughs) Keith is pompous, and Mike's mom, (laughs) and Mike's mom. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I. The number of specific correlations there are remarkable. So it, but of course, it, it, he said he also was not from the South, but he's going to keep us guessing. But I imagine, like, if his father was from Brazil, might he have had a Brazilian accent? Uh, Unclear. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't want to screw this up and seem, but my guess is his father would have spoken, what, Portuguese? If he's from Brazil? I believe so, yeah. So, I don't know what that accent is. Although, it's, uh, my cousin married a Portuguese man, so I, I do know it, but I, I don't... Hmm, maybe Phoenix is also my cousin's husband. 
Could be. Wow, yeah. it's a lot of, it's, speaking of things that are similar. It's uh, uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, my lawyer is from Brazil. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> things we've learned today. Keith's lawyer is from Brazil. <laughs> That's why Look, you guys listen go... to six days worth of your life That's on our right. podcast. Look, we go out for caipirinhas. It's great. All right. Now, Phoenix continues with a... Conspiracy theory. And he says, and I think this is interesting. I think this is about last episode. I think Mike was on to something when he said this episode was in the can for a while. Maybe it was shot so far back that this was Holland Taylor's first chronological appearance. And that's why she had no lines. All they would have had to do was add in the bit about the wedding with ADR and add Lucy in with CGI. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we didn't see Rebecca at the time they still had her doing Lucy's job so they had to digitally swap them or maybe Holland's agent got her a guarantee of X number of shows per season and this was one of her token episodes not nah, that just sounds ridiculous I think that is probably the actual answer you know what I'm going to they... concede that we fucked with Phoenix so much last week or the week before, one of the that we it, always. I'll take us. I'll take this ribbing. I believe I've I've earned it. So uh, no, I, I I I actually. I mean, I think he's probably right that oh, the Holland negotiated sure. X amount of episodes, and that oh hair curtains. That's, take a swig. Take Jen. a drink. Take a swig. But yeah, it was really really odd. They probably just. She was contracted for a number of episodes. They couldn't think of anything to write for her. So they just like copy pasted her into a random case. You know, I would imagine, you know, I'm she was great, obviously, in the season she won last season. But I don't know that they expected her to win an Emmy. No, I'm sure they didn't. And they were like, we have to capitalize on this. Or she did. You know what I mean? Like she was like, look, you guys want to ride this marketing. You're going to have to contractually obligate yourself to me for a few more for a set amount of episodes that would be the yeah. that would be the smart thing to do well i i imagine that they had to have at least considered if not offered her a spot in the in the main cast and yeah, she probably turned it down right um anyway so uh we continue we got a message on instagram it wasn't it wasn't public uh from a from a person named mike mozilla who wrote a very good question? It's a little spoilery, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Oh, paraphrase. I haven't read this, so. Yeah, he had a he had a question about Joey Herrick, and the fact that uh, John Larroquette shows up on Boston Public, but not as Joey Herrick, and was posing the question: Is it possible that Joey went through an elaborate scheme to change his identity before coming back? And I was like, this is this is really like the question I always have every time we have a double dipper. Be, uh, because like, wouldn't it be awesome if in David E. Kelly's head, it was always the same person continually changing their identities. And like for Joey, it makes sense. Like Joey would absolutely make that like ridiculous leap. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And uh, of course, Leanne writes... Uh, said cue the best bumper on our last double dipper post so you, it's all sort of coming together that conspiracy theater what was our new friend's name uh mike mazella 
Mike Mazzello, I don't know why my neuron fired off in this direction, but that reminds me of that terrible yet I was obsessed with movie with Dana Carvey, Master of Disguise. Master of Disguise, yes. He was like a turtle once. Yeah, he was like, turtle, turtle. I don't know. that. I was at the age where that tickled me, so uh, my sister and I to this day go, turtle, turtle. <laughs> so, Like 35? Sh- shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to Dana Carvey, who uh, I'm sure could use some <laughs> love today wherever he's at. Oh, Dana's doing fine. I, I heard him on uh, Mark Maron. Yeah, he was on uh, the Conan O'Brien podcast. He had like a whole week on with Conan. It was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that will close up our filing and subpoena bag. You know what I'd really like to be doing right now? Oh, bud, you're that... segueing to something I should be prepared for, and I'm not. No, no, oh, you're okay. not. Uh, I would really like to be playing the Welcome to the Jury bumper right now. Oh. But nobody, apparently, everybody is skipping jury duty and not leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So uh, it is your legal duty to, uh, unless you have an excuse, we're going to need, we're going to have to start submitting written excuses that we can submit to the judge for people not leaving a rating and review. Keith, you've, you've raised a point. You've raised a, a different question. Yes, I'm with Keith here. Leave us a review. I'm telling you, at this point, just fake it. Fake one. If you've already left, you know yeah. what? This isn't like voting. If you've already left a <laughs> just review, fake one. <laughs> you can you can leave another review. I think maybe. Or just, just vote twice is not a problem. Uh, actually, I don't care whatsoever. But it would help a few more people maybe make their way to the pod. Although we've been doing good in the listener numbers. Uh, good being very very relative. Uh, well, we we have been doing well in con- in comparison to ourselves. We are uh, so the bar's uh, low. More- and or less than ourselves. Right. So the bar is very the... low. But my question is this. During this COVID pandemic, obviously, the court court's still happening. Trials are still happening, right? So I'm wondering, how is jury duty and how are juries operating right now? Are they, is there, are they all sequestered together? They can't be all Zooming in separately. I can't imagine that is I, legally No, I, I don't think you can do that. I honestly don't know if the courts are open yet. At least for the for the big stuff. Um, I mean, the courts have been shut down for seven months. I can't imagine that I, either. At, at least to some extent, because I, if you remember, right before this happened, I actually got called in for jury duty, and so I, you know, of course checked, and they said forget it. Um, and a, you know, a good friend of ours is a as a lawyer here, and at least as of like a month ago, he was not back in the courtroom yet. Uh, so. Uh, well, also, friend of the show, founding sponsor, Jennifer Masanova, you, I remember you said you had a friend who is or was a Philly DA. Curious as to if you could write in let us know, is your friend, Yeah. is he still doing his job? Like, are they having trials still? What's happening? What is happening? What's happening? That's a good question. Actually, I would love to know that, and I should probably know that before I, uh, you know, get arrested for ignoring my jury summons, which they didn't send, but the mail doesn't work anymore. So That's true. Yeah. Well, the mail's corrupt. I had, I don't, if you haven't heard, the mail's corrupt, and we shouldn't trust it anyway. Yeah, the post office is ruining everything, making people vote. Jen All was right. on Long Island this weekend, yesterday, and uh, there was a Trump boat parade there, too. So... Forget your boat. Just go vote. Ooh, well done. Uh, forget your boat. Uh, just go vote. Unless it's a Trump boat, in which case, just stay on your boat. Just stay on the <laughs> boat. <laughs> Don't worry about the water. It's just a liberal conspiracy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, put the water in your boat. 
<laughs> the radical uh, Dems sunk those boats, Keith. Sunk those boats. You know it. Own the libs by sinking your boat. <laughs> and you collect the insurance, and you can use that to donate to the campaign. No, there's no insurance in the Republican Party. We don't believe it. It's also a liberal theory. <laughs> I'm laughing because inside I'm terrified. Uh, we are all terrified. But I am terrified that we are not going to move forward in our show and start to talk about what was happening when this episode aired. This is the season finale of season four. And this aired on May 21st, the year 2000. And everybody is asking what was happening this day in the basement. <laughs> you see me scrambling to get to this. Oh, sleep. It made sleepy me, Keith does not transition well. It made me laugh so much that you were prolonging that segue so much that I actually hit the button late. So after all that, we <laughs> fucked it up anyway. So par for the I was course. giving you all the time in the world. <laughs> so much time. Oh, my God. All right. So what was going on May 21st, the year 2000? You know, I made a mistake in telling uh, founding sponsor Jennifer Masanova to hold off on mailing that VCR until I moved to Philadelphia so I don't have to pack something else. And then I realized that the the most use I could get out of it is now, because I believe next week we're probably going to do a what happened this day in the summer. Um, right. So some of our, I think, the timeline's going to get askew, I believe. We're going to have to play some things late, whatever. But uh, right now I'm actually, though, you know, we I we know that my dad's gonna get sick and and get real sick this year. Uh, yeah. Mike, at the time, uh, who's been having a tough time kind of figuring out what he's up to, is about to enter a pretty decent streak. As I mentioned weeks ago, I'm about to uh, this summer. I part, I take place in two. I do two shows. I do a review with some of my friends from high school. We raised a bunch of money for something or other, and then. Uh, I go and do my first sort of semi-pro gig uh, doing Pippin uh, with my best friend Wesley, and I met some great friends that are friends to this day. So it's going to be a good summer, and into the fall, I get involved singing with a Methodist church. Uh, I'm not not religious, but uh, it was still one of the, the coolest places because... Singing's good singing. Singing's good singing. It was a paid gig. I met a lot of great people. I learned a lot, you know, singing in those choirs, some, some talented people. But what I really remember about that church, which was awesome, it's the Drexel Hill United Methodist Church, is the two pastors or ministers, I, I, the nomenclature of different religions kind of throws me, so the two people who are, were leading the congregation were two but men. You, you're, you're Catholic. It would be Romanclature for you. Uh. Well, I was baptized Catholic, and according to my mother, that's uh, that's a blood oath that I can't deny. You're stuck I with cannot denounce. Apparently, um, <laughs> uh, the only good thing about staying baptized Catholic is you always get a snack if you show up to a mass. Um, that fair enough. Anyway, there was these two guys, and I can't remember their names. Uh, great leaders, and they were gay, openly gay, and together. And the uh, you know the powers that be tried to shun one of them away so that would like force them to be separate but they they didn't they refused and they were like you can either fire us outright or and the whole congregation came together and lobbied for them to stay one of them to stay and and it was really cool it was a cool kind of social justice moment uh just highlighting the fact that religion is way back in 2000 yeah it's like a figment you know what i mean it's if enough people want you know it, it whatever 
so that's, I just thought I'd shout that out. Um, nothing much is changing. I'm still at home, still uh, learning to sing. And, and this is about the time when I'm realizing, oh, I can do this uh, for a living, which has, uh, which only yeah. lasted about, what, 20 years. And now you can't anymore. So, Right. Yeah, fair enough. But, well, it's interesting that, that you know, the, they had to do that with the church. My, my grandfather, who I've mentioned before, his, his whole turn uh, to become a gay rights activist from somebody who, like, didn't understand and was, you know, thought it was gross and so on and so forth, came in his church, actually. He was in a very, is in a very progressive Presbyterian church. And it was actually his own church who motivated, who, like, brought in people and he met his first gay person and spoke with his first gay person and was like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm wrong on this. And devoted the next 40 years of his life to doing it. it was actually his church. Of course, they got thrown out of the presbytery, then back in and then thrown out. Their church has been, has been, has had to battle quite a bit within its own denomination uh, to maintain their activism. But it was, it was interesting for me as, again, not a religious person and someone who had had a lot of ex bad experiences with religious institutions and people to see like, you know, it's not, not all of them that right. like, not only was this church okay with it, but they were actively working on behalf of what is good and righteous. Anyway, uh, moving on to what I was doing, this day in the basement, May twenty first, I was I was of course, if you're paying attention, celebrating my twentieth birthday, which was May twentieth, which uh, I can't believe that was literally half of a lifetime ago now, because I'm forty now. I was twenty then. Oh, young Keith, baby Keith. Oh, a baby Keith. Yeah, but not and at twenty. I, twenty. You think you are full grown and you know everything. I truly, and I, huh, I know, it, talk about sort of like sad this days in the basement. I just realized that I would, I have no memory of it. And uh, I am pretty much know that I wasn't doing anything because I was too scared to do anything. I was, yeah. you know, obviously I was hanging out with my girlfriend, but like I was too afraid of the partying scene to go to host a party or go to a party. I was too afraid to call people who were, who were my friends, but weren't my girlfriends. So I probably, it was just the two of us probably sitting and eating just a sad cake. The two of us. Uh, Keith, if you sitting could, sitting out a dorm room, eating cake, if you could jump back in that, uh, time machine and that way back out of practice podcast, time machine, go yeah. sit down with, you know what? Send old girlfriend out of the room for a minute, get her a uh, cold yeah. compress for her broken face that you punched. Yeah. Uh, if you are just joining the out of practice podcast out of context, yeah, like go ahead and listen out. to a couple weeks ago. Uh, you'll understand that story a little better. Uh, the disclaimer is Keith didn't actually punch her in the face. Well, he did, but not on purpose. Well, yeah, oh. not on purpose. <laughs> Look, we scored the overtime goal. It yeah. was, <laughs> uh, if you could, you are given one sentence to 20-year-old Keith yeah. as 40-year-old Keith, what would that one sentence be? Ooh. Uh, do more therapy now. Uh, but you have to sing it. Do more therapy now. I did it at classically because that's the only thing he'd listen to at that <laughs> yeah. point. So. All right. That's good. Do more therapy now. I like it. Do more, yeah, because it's like I, 
don't wait until you're 30 to figure out the shit that's making your life dirty. Like, yes, thank you. I, I would definitely <laughs> feel like I'd have to rhyme it. Rhyming couplets are always the best and, advice. And my, my problem, my life wasn't dirty enough. I was too afraid to yeah. get dirty. So therefore, I wasn't really living a life. Anyway, uh -huh. that got dark. That did get so, dark, Keith. I'm usually the one that goes that goes a little deep. So I'm glad to hear it coming from your end. Yeah. Hey, don't challenge me. My friend has a dead dad. <laughs> don't you tell me how I should talk to my 20 year old self in my out of practice podcast time machine. <laughs> Based solely right, well, in reality. Is... Yeah, I know, right? But this is actually, uh, this is going to bring me to a, a thing that I want to show this week for a specific reason that I can't really give away yet because it's a little spoilery. That makes a lot of sense. It is also, we don't have a segment for this. So I'm just going to throw it in here because this was a thing that happened to me before. Now, if you are... Tell me when you, you want me to listened, actually press the button. Not yet. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do one of these things, yeah. I'll do, yes. So if you remember back from our pilot, our pilot episode, I uh, mentioned that my only experience with the practice people in life was uh, Cameron Mannheim once taking a picture of me. Cameron McIntosh? Um, Cameron McIntosh. Uh, but funny you say Cameron McIntosh because it was backstage at the Broadway revival of Spring Awakening that Cameron was in and we were we were taking a photo with another friend of ours who was in the cast and uh, I was sort of trying to selfie it and this voice from behind me says, oh, here, give me the phone, I'll take it. And it was Cameron who was in the show. Hmm. And so she, she took uh, this picture of me backstage at Spring Awakening. Now I have blurred out all of my family and friends and my own jowls, uh, but this was the photo that Cameron took. And there's a reason that I'm posting this today, because in that production of Spring Awakening, uh, there was another cast member and a theme here that will be very important for this week's episode oh, okay. of The Practice. So it's all coming together. Anyway, so uh, now I have a chance to show that photo that Cameron took. Now, I wish I would that like she had edited out, the photo with us. But if anyone no. in Keith's family listens to the podcast, which I'm I'm assured that is probably That's not the case. That's a hard no. <laughs> it's a hard no. Well, should you ever listen, I want it to be known that don't ever commit a crime with Keith because clearly Keith's idea of obscuring someone's face in Photoshop is not the same as mine as I can clearly make out all of the distinguishing features of each one of those individuals. Well, you can. I'm not worried about you knowing who all these people I could stick that into Google reverse image and probably come up with every one of those people's Facebooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them has a Tony now. That is Subsequent. crazy to me. That's awesome, man. <laughs> you know what? Anyway, so yeah, uh, that's cool. That's really cool. I I thought that would be enjoyable. Uh, all right, so that was this day in the basement. It is time now to continue the journey through the time machine and talk about what was going on. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from War 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. There will be. Well, folks, it was May 21st, the year 2000. Don't worry. 
the number one hit continued to be. Oh my yes, God. Is it ever going to end? <laughs> Never. We're going to be doing the practice season 72, and it is just Maria. Maria, the cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about the NRA lining up against a Gore victory. Now, of course, this was, uh, by this point, we were pretty, I think we knew that the presidential matchup was going to be Vice President Al Gore up against George W. We got this in the bag, baby. In the bag, baby. Yeah, no problem. Shouldn't be any sort of a constitutional issue. Uh, The Supreme Court can't rob us of this. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, so uh, so that was what was going on in the world. The top movie was Dinosaur, which took in $38 million. It was one of the last, like, traditionally animated movies. And I think it was the one that was super sad where all the dinos- like cute dinosaurs died at the end. So every dinosaur movie they've ever made? Right, but they don't usually address it in the children's movie. And then we watch everyone we've cared about for the last 90 minutes die in a fire. <laughs> but, you know... Folks, uh, send your condolence cards to Keith Varney, care of Out of Focus <laughs> Podcast. Keith, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's been dark. It's been very, very dark. Guess today. what, man? You don't know this yet, but it's going to get darker yeah. within the next two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm okay. Very good. <laughs> All right. So we have done that, which means it is time for everyone's favorite segment it's time it's time it's time for sports to celebrate keith's birthday the philadelphia flyers beat the new jersey devils three to one to take a three to one series lead in the eastern conference finals the flyers got goals from mark recchi simone gagne and future stanley cup winning head coach and forcer craig berubi this was the end of keith being happy in the hockey world as the devils <laughs> roared back and won the final three games of the series and eventually the Stanley Cup over Dallas on June 10th. Uh, that was the last time Keith was happy. <laughs> <laughs> we have a theme today. We have a theme. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. That is funny. All right. So, uh, so are you, are you, were you hinting previously that we will not be doing... With... Cut it, Keith. Cut it. Cut it. Cut Time Machine Weather. What happened? No, no. Look, like I said, Time Machine Weather's not dead. However, it's going to have to share the spotlight, Keith, because uh, in collaboration, well, in consultation with uh, founding sponsor Jorge Navoa, I've decided to uh, take some of my passion. As you've heard many times on more TV, I watch a lot of true crime. And since we do a uh, fictitious true crime podcast, if you will. Untrue crime. Untrue crime. Maybe uh, that would be something to pursue. So what I would like to do, Keith, is do a sort of uh, improvisational collaboration with you today. Oh, oh, great. It's improv for me. I don't even know what the collaboration is. I'm going to need you to uh, go to the piano and play me some... Film noir slash mystery esque underscoring. Mystery esque film noir underscoring. In the debut of a new segment, I'm going to call once Keith starts the music. 
back in time. True crime. Keith, we've already discussed what we were doing on May 21st, the year 2000. But that was child's play compared to what 15-year-old Jennifer Rivera was up to. She was preparing to testify the very next day as a state's witness in the murder trial of Charles Pono. She was jumping rope in the front of her house. It was an early evening in that May 21st. When an armed gunman in a hooded sweatshirt shot her several times at close range, she died the very next day when she was supposed to be taking the stand. In the course of the ensuing police investigation, three individuals, Pona, his half-brother, and a third associate were discovered to have planned and participated in Jennifer's murder. Pona, 22, was found guilty on all counts, including conspiracy to commit murder and obstruction of justice in November of 2003. However, Keith, the Supreme Court of Rhode Island reversed the judgment of conviction in 2008, holding that an amalgam of errors at Pono's trial relating to the admission of evidence that he was involved in the other murder deprived the defendant of the right to a fair trial. Pono, his sentence was communed and he was given a second trial. Pono was convicted for a second time in 2000 and immediately appealed the second conviction, lobbying once again that the trial's justice denied him fair trial and appellate rights. Finally, in 2013, the Supreme Court of Rhode Island once again held the fate of Mr. Pona and Ms. Rivera's legacy in its hands. Reading from the ruling of the Supreme Court, after 13 years, two trials, two appeals, and assorted collateral, collateral litigation, the defendant and those responsible for cutting the life of this 15-year-old girl tragically short in a brutal assault on our system of justice, have nonetheless been afforded the benefits of the constitutional progress each sought to subvert. The defendant, Charles Pona, had his day in court, and the rule of law has prevailed. The name Jennifer Rivera forever will be associated with virtue and valor. We affirm the conviction. For the reasons articulated above, we close the final chapter in this chronicle. We affirm the judgment below and remand the papers to the Supreme Court. <laughs> well done, sir. Okay, there that was uh that was long. <laughs> it was a little bit longer than I expected, but I thought it was an interesting case because what ends up happening is that he was actually the 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 Supreme Court had to throw out his conviction because in during the trial they used they basically used evidence from his first murder, that the murder he was on trial for, like that she was a witness against. They made assumptions that he was guilty of that in his trial for her murder. And the court was like, no, you have to separate those two things, which is something that we've in, we've sort of seen uh, along the, the way of the practice. So anyway. It really sounds like that would have been fascinating had I been able to listen to the words that you were saying and not not concentrating on the music and just listening to tone of voice to tell whether it should be happy <laughs> or sad. Well, you know, you'll watch the show. You'll watch it in post. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I will not watch it in post. <laughs> but Phoenix will tell me all about it. Yeah. All right. So that is uh, Back in Time True Crime. When there's an important case or an interesting case that takes place on a date that we are, uh, an, our air date, uh, we can see how trivial our experience was, Keith, while somebody else is dealing with murder and such. Okay. Well, we have talked about a great deal of I'm triviality. A oh. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode! Okay.
Okay, we're finally going to do it. We are talking about Season 4, Episode 22, the season finale of Season 4 of The Practice. Entitled Four Seasons! Life Sentence. Four seasons in. We are actually only, I think, three or four episodes away from the midway point of The Practice. Wow, that's a life sentence we have together, Keith, don't we? <laughs> we really, really have. But can you believe that we're almost halfway through this now? I can. Now, it's not, they're not going to pull some bullshit, uh, the West Wing on me and change entire writing staff midway through, are they? Uh, no. David E. Kelly will remain the showrunner through the end. Except they'll there change the may rest or of the may cast. not be some other bullshit <laughs> happening, <laughs> yeah. but David E. Kelly will stay I with us. I suspect this. some bullshit. Okay, talk about the episode. Sorry. All right. Speaking of David E. Kelly, he, of course, wrote this episode, this time by himself again. This was directed by Michael Zinberg, who last directed Oz and New Evidence. So he's the director you bring in for the big episodes because it is the season finale. Which leaves us with only one last question, and that is... What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? It is the season finale, folks. And we are talking about uh, Life Sentence, which tells me that we are going to go into full out of practice or out of the practice tonal inconsistency universe here is my prediction we're gonna have can't wait we're gonna have a capital murder case as we often do that the team is going to be up against the wall trying to save someone's life okay that's not okay uh, but also we're gonna play a little double entendre with the title life sentence because bobby and Lindsay need to get married don't they oh yes yes indeed those two things will intermingle even though they are Totally inconsistent on all fronts. Bullshit will ensue, and the big cliffhanger at the end of this season will not be a bullet, but it will find Bobby left at the altar. Oh, now we're talking. So we're going to go to the credits, right? We're going to go to the credits, and during those credits, Lindsay will be somewhere weeping, and Bobby will be sitting somewhere weeping, but he'll be sitting at a Boston Red Sox game. Okay. All right. What do you think, buddy? Now, now that is a prognostication. I love it. It's specific. It's bold. (laughs) It may or may not be very wrong, but I love it. Oh, man. I hope it is so right. So, if you would like to hear us talk about that episode, it is time to switch over to your favorite podcasting service of choice. Or you can click click on. Yep, yep, yeah, you were going there. on the QR code that Mike is trying frantically to pull up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and we will see you back here on the YouTube for the last oopsies of season four. Season four, the season finale, episode 22, Life Sentences. Woo! Oh, Jimmy and Eleanor hey, walk Richard. in the halls. Never mind. Oh, they run into Richard Bay. I called your name. With a tone. All right, come on. I'll give you voluntary. Make it involuntary, you have a deal. Can't. 
Richard. More weird antagonism with Jason Kravitz. Remember, this thing was on tape. We've got a public outcry to deal with. Public outcry? The public is with her. Eleanor, I'm giving you manslaughter for a premeditated murder. Why can't you ever take a gift and Sounds smile? Sounds like a pretty good deal. It does, yeah. Especially on tape, no less. Hey! Oh! Guys, it's Marley Matlin! You, see, you can't oh, hear I, that. You see what I was doing I see there? See what you did? Yeah. Well, let me see if I remember because I I used to be able to do the alphabet. That's M. That's L. The rest of it is lost to me since third grade. I know a couple. I, I, should, I feel like I should like relearn the alf, the uh, sign language alphabet. Anyway, I have you ever watched? I like to go on YouTube and watch people do sign language song interpretations. There's an art. To oh. It. I'm, it's definitely an art form. That's that's very interesting and appropriate to what I'm about to talk about. But first, let me officially introduce Marley Matlin, Oscar winner for Children of a Lesser God. She has three Emmy nominations, three-time Golden Globe nomination. Three has you know what I mean. She's on The West Wing. She's on The L Word, Picket Fences, Quantico, The Magicians. And of course, those of you who are paying attention, who are Broadway nerds, will now know why I showed that picture that Cameron took from backstage at Spring Awakening, because it was the revival done by the Deaf West Theater Company, in which Marley and Cameron were both in the show. In fact, Cameron was providing the... The, so the way the show worked is you, you had hearing actors providing the voices while deaf actors were acting out sort of the scenes, um, which is really cool. Uh, but anyway, so so Marley and Cameron were actually teamed up in the show, both playing the same character tracks. Um, so if you're paying attention at home, Cameron is actually in real life completely fluent in sign language. And before she was an actress... Uh, worked as an interpreter in hospitals and huh. that sort of a thing as as a job being a completely fluent interpreter. So this is really cool. It is sort of a uh, it's a pre-union of the uh, Spring Awakening production uh, that I saw. So anyway, so that's why I brought it up because I saw them working together before. Well, Keith, I've uh, pulled up here on the YouTube uh, a I guess the Tony performance, which I guess will give you an idea of how that worked. So I'll put that in the show notes. Additionally, Marley, it appears, Marley and Cameron appeared together in an interview on Theater Talk. Uh, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So you have a little context surrounding this scene. Look at that. Awesome. So I guess they're going to have a consult. So my guess here is that Marley is the, uh, the person that Richard Bay was offering the deal to. Yes, the implication here is that Marley might be a murderer. Okay. You know, I do have to say that I loved her on the West Wing, but I feel like she, that she had like a cool romance going with Josh Lyman, but then now they wrote, uh, what's her name, Mary Lee's Parker into yep. the show, so Marley's sort of taking a backseat, and that kind of sucks because she, she's excellent in friggin' everything she does. Now, I, yeah, I feel like Josh's love life is the only one that I actually gave a shit about in the entire series. Because Mainly because I have a little bit of a crush on uh, on Bradley Whitford. Yeah, and he's like a little weird, like you. Yeah, he's he's who I aspire to be. Bradley Whitford or Josh Lyman is like my my inner 
like that. That's my self image on the on the inside, and it's in no way uh, what the outside. Wait, Keith, I have like. to tell you, Jen and I started watching the the Vow on HBO, the the Nexium Maxima, that sex cult, you know? Oh yeah, with Keith Rainier. And right, right. Do you and, know the and, first thing Jen girl said? From Smallville. Yeah, you know what the first thing Jen said was? Oh, I know. <laughs> oh my God, he looks exactly like our Keith. <laughs> so and so he used his uh brilliance and charisma to start a sex cult all devoted to him mm-hmm. literally tat like tattooing and branding themselves and i used my my charisma and intelligence to bring forth this podcast so send uh <laughs> email us along with your reviews the pictures of your out of practice podcast brands that you've put on yourself uh, don't uh, do that. I, I, don't. I do just that. got upset. I just got upset. <laughs> you know what? We we need a lawyer already. Let's see if this scene between Cameron and Marley uh, can brighten your day. The possible defense we have is temporary insanity, and because you don't want to say that you were insane. How was it? Well, then I think that we should jump at manslaughter. It's awesome. They're signing back and forth. You would probably be sentenced to eight years. And with any luck, you would only have to serve three or four. Sally, you shot an unarmed man. I love how Jimmy has to keep looking to Cameron Somebody raped and murdered to like, get daughter, context of I what's being communicated. Thing. But the problem is you planned it. If we go for a not guilty on the elements, you could be going to prison for life. Take the manslaughter. Okay, credits no. roll. Sally, <laughs> no. She's defiant, man. Well, I mean... Okay. So the trial will start tomorrow. I think anybody wants to be convicted of murder. Guard. Hot okay. takes from me. We're going to see you at the courthouse. Interesting. Well, I I gotta say, what a coup it is for the practice to have a, an actor who is fluent in sign language. Because not only, I mean, I think anytime you do a show like this, you're gonna want to bring Marley in for a guest arc at some point. Mm-hmm. But if you just happen to have Cameron there, who is completely fluent, and you're able to add this as a layer to your storytelling in a way that most shows really can't. Like, what a what a cool thing to... An, an opportunity to take advantage of here. Yeah, as if we needed to put any more tools in Cameron's toolbox, right? Yeah, it's, it's starting to get unfair. How could she not take it? She doesn't want to serve three years She'll for... be serving life if she doesn't accept Bobby, oh, I Linda told Hunt's that. in this so episode, I she see. She wants to try to beat it. Did you tell her the odds? Yes, we did. This so, finale. are you arguing insanity? Well, unfortunately, she doesn't want to do that either. Who's in charge here? She is. She's the client, remember? And Generally you, Bobby, but we don't see you a lot lately, so... Oh, and welcome back, Rebecca and Eugene, to the firm. Oh, oh well, Eugene was there last That's week. That's true. But Rebecca... I, I, I... You know, when I talk about the... Um, the end of the season and my feelings, I feel like Lisa Gay Hamilton has been criminally underused in this uh, season. You're her lawyer, which means you need to make her Bobby, understand. Bobby, don't lecture me. Judge Hiller is sitting. She won't let you argue nullification. You know she won't. 
Have we got a psychiatrist to say she was insane? I got Dr. Tippett on standby. Oh, Tippett. I am telling you, she will not uh, let us do Eleanor, it. this thing is all over the news. Which means if Sally Burr goes down on murder one, we'll be played for the idiots. Not you know, it is cool that we've reached a point, Keith, that they they we can reference Judge Hiller's previous cases and know from episodes we've seen that she's sort of the the anti not anti but the she's hard on nullification right and it's cool that they bobby throws that out there and and i like when shows make a nod towards the continuing arc well you because you you have to give the audience that information but in doing so you do a little tip of the hat to your listener to listeners to your <laughs> viewers who are really paying close attention and or uh, the losers who do a podcast her. about oh this so this is about our ego partly yes but it goes with her best interests you go back to her, make her see if she doesn't plead insanity. We tried. Try again. If she refuses, file a motion to withdraw as counsel. Bobby, this is just like our rabbi case. Maybe we could argue moral duress again. No, Jimmy, because this time we have Judge Hiller. As if you didn't hear me say it 30 seconds ago. pleads insanity <laughs> or we withdraw. But, you know, look, they want to throw a reference back to bloody gurgles. That was unfortunate for my throat. Hey, Sally. <laughs> and for everything else. Mm -hmm. All right, listen. As much as you're opposed to it on principle, we all agree that if we're going to go to trial, we have to go with temporary insanity. The only other choice we have is jury nullification. And that judge will shut us down in a second. But if we win on temporary, Marley's you talking over her via sign. You have a chance, but you have to let us do our job. If we're to give you the best representation. What did she say? She just called me a bitch. Look, I don't need you and I don't need this case. You could get life. I don't really care. This is awesome. It's amazing. So now they're having a fight entirely in sign language and it's intense it is intense it is connected jimmy is confused but I, it's just incredible storytelling and also just it's just the choice to let this scene breathe completely in sign language we do we as an audience you know who who do not sign or, or cannot read sign have no idea what they're actually saying and yet the story being told is abundantly clear yeah shout out because to the, of these performances shout out to the editor as well because uh the cuts aren't invasive and yet they add to the sort of high tensionness of it they're cutting back and forth they have to be able to catch all the coverage of the hands and the actresses faces because even though they're talking in sign you know they're emoting uh, visually so there's there's all kinds of elements of acting taking place and the editing is highlighting that keith as you just mentioned i flicked on the closed captioning here and it doesn't look like they're captioning the sign no although i do wonder from the editing standpoint right when you are having a a scene with overlapping dialogue when you cut from one character to the other, we're able to hear what that character is saying, even though the camera isn't on them. I wonder if this scene would be readable hmm. to somebody who who's able to uh, to sign. I I wonder like if the if they considered that in the editing or not. And I don't think we're ever going to know because we're not the better podcast. But I'm curious about it. Yeah, my hypothesis is because they're not captioning it. 
and we're seeing Jimmy intently trying to keep up. My guess is that we're supposed to be kind of in Jimmy's shoes. Like we're just seeing these right. two powerhouses go at it. Uh, though if anybody uh, speaks ASL or knows someone who does and, and doesn't mind kind of checking out uh, the, this episode here and letting us know if this scene reads as... Yeah, I'd love to get a transcription of the, the fight. Yeah, that would be awesome. Count my baby! Marley also does not phone it in ever. No. You owe it to yourself to watch this, folks. It's really Yeah, awesome. you really do. By the way, Cameron's murdering it, too. And also... There's a lot of audio information that we are getting here. Mm-hmm. We're getting the sort of whispered parts that Cameron's doing, but you're also you're hearing the hands hitting each other. So you're getting the emotion in the sound of that it makes while they're signing. I mean, they are spent right now. Like that's a, this is an intense scene, and you can barely hear any of it. It looks like Cameron what? just won the argument. What's going on? We're pleading temporary insanity. Okay, we got it. We got. We've made a choice. I think we have jumped through the hoop, Keith. Uh, before it was just an exercise in futility that we. Uh, oops, you shouldn't be hearing any of that. Sorry about it. Uh, it was an exercise in futility that we would ask our listeners to listen to us watch a television show. But now we've <laughs> right. gone the extra step of asking them to listen to us watch two people speaking via sign language on a television show. So if there wasn't a, if there was a way to further remove the our audience from our <laughs> our our prime content, uh, we found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the next step is they listen to us watch a show through a window across the alley as someone sending the transcript what we sort of can see <laughs> wait wait sit sit down oh they got up they got in the way ah uh, move the plant what a mess oh helen gamble to what do i owe this uh well actually yeah that I great scene took place before the pre-credits have even finished excuse me it's getting a lot of heat but so they were smart enough they put not to, to roll credits over it yeah that's true I asked to be put on it. Why? Well... Helen, what's going on? What's going on is you're a little under review. What do you mean I'm under review? You never you win a case? some big trials, and in addition to losing these cases, you've also lost your poise, especially against Eleanor Frutt. Richard, it's an election year. You there could be some her, changes. So, yes. You don't want this one getting away. You've been from there, you. Keith. Trust you me. Good old uppercut. <laughs> so I'm you, never going to, to live that down. Because I could lose my job. It hasn't come to that. But we don't want it to. So be confident going into there this case. No worries. In this department, who goes in more prepared than I do? Every single trial. I know that, but you've had some pretty high-profile defeats and. You've been somewhat of a loose cannon. If they haven't found Which, enough ways for Helen Gamble to ridicule this man in the it, past few episodes. Seriously, like, 
we've talked about it many times before, but like, what the fuck did Jason <laughs> Bay do to anybody? Jason Bay, no. Richard, Richard Bay, Bay. Jason Kravitz. What, Lenny what did Kravitz? he do to have everyone hate him and shit on him from the minute he shows up on screen? And, and then he reacts to it, and everybody calls him a dick. I think it's important here to also note that there's a big box fan in the window. Fan? Yes. Fan! Good. Let's just win this. So she's babysitting him to ensure he wins the case. He needs a win. But or so just, he doesn't get fired. Know, yeah. Just made him super unconfident before people? It's not my fault. You invited 390 people to our wedding? I didn't invite them. The idiot at the stationery shop made a mistake. There were two lists. One was just the notice of our marriage after the wedding. She sent invitations to both lists. What's going on? 390 oh, people got invited to our wedding. So what do we do now? Well, you were right. You were them. right. There's going to be a wedding element to this. to include you. It wasn't my fault. Lindsay, you were in charge of this. Only because you couldn't be bothered. But it wasn't our fault. I need you to look at the invitations. Oh, this is my fault. Well, it isn't mine. You want to get married, but I have to do all of the planning. Hey, if it were up to me, we'd elope. You know what? You plan it. 390 people? I don't even know 390 people. I think. Please, Bobby, you know at least 600, and each one of them has committed a murder, and you've helped them out pro bono. Each person had done something <laughs> horrible, and you've been shocked every time. But meanwhile, like, he's. If you really listen to what she said, the printers screwed up. She didn't tell the printers the wrong thing. She didn't send them the wrong file. The printer screwed up, and he's being kind of a dick about it. Kind of a dick? This just in, Bobby's a bad boyfriend fiancé. He's a, just, he's a full-on... I got a very big dick. He's a big old dick. She should take that list and shove it up his ass. Thank you both for acting out. Stay out of it. Okay, I will stay out of it. Good work, Lisa Gay. Yeah. Thanks for being this here. This entire today. season, apparently. We had just taken Mr. Whittier into custody. Where was that? At his own oh. house. And as we were leaving the dwelling, I observed Miss Berg approaching from across the street. All right. Well, we got to. Guy, everybody's seen from a million things but doesn't know his name. And the lady next to him. Yes, indeed. This guy that you've seen before in a trillion different things is John Doman from The Affair, Gotham, Person of Interest, The Wire, Mystic River, Blue Valentine, and he plays five different characters on SVU. Meanwhile, the interpreter beside him, her name is Arlene Malinowski, uh, who... Basically, if you look at her IMDb, she's played a whole mess of different interpreters. So I imagine she's an interpreter in L.A. who happens to have a SAG card, and boom, there she is. You know, brings up another question, better podcast, better podcast. She's appearing, but she's not speaking, so how do they work out contracts for that? It's still by lines, right? Well, I believe she speaks later, but you don't—the the contract, you know, it, I think you're talking about, like, the under five, over five. Right, right. Extra— delineations i believe that even if you have an under five you can be a f you can still be a guest actor if you're heavily featured it really just comes down to you know how your agent negotiates it i don't i don't think like sag won't let you give a featured actor to somebody with less than five the less than five is to is how the studio can try to cheat you out of a you know more money all right so uh these two professional crime show actors are going to uh Tell us what happened that day. I bet it's a crime. 
What happened next, officer? My partner and I both instructed her not to approach, but she kept coming. She shot that then, son of a bitch. suddenly she's raising a gun, saying something about her daughter. This woman right here? Yes. We then reached for our own weapons, but it was too late. Your Honor, at this time, we'd like to play the videotape. Members of the jury, you're about to see footage captured by a local You know, we love a VHS the on the practice. The parties have stipulated yeah. to its admissibility. Go ahead, Mr. Bay. This arrest, of course, has been anticipated since early this morning when, um, this is Michael Whittier. He is in custody. You see him there in the middle, and he is apparently offering no resistance. So he killed her daughter? Michael Whittier, one... Yes. Okay. At this time, I'd like to direct your attention to the right side of the screen. This happens pretty quickly. Once again... Look at Helen watching him. ...in the rape and murder of seven-year-old Jessica Bird. Rumors of his arrest have been imminent. Oh, shit. Shot. Michael Whittier has just been shot. Marley's got a gun. She's looking at that video stone cold. Remorse is not a thing. This woman feels. He has been shot. I'm not sure I would in this situation either. Yeah, I wasn't passing judgment. Officer Finley, do you see in the courtroom the person who fired those shots? It was the defendant. Let's all think about that over this commercial break. Dunkaroos, Dunkaroos, you don't just dunk, you Dunkaroos. You don't mean to be nosy? Since when? Look, obviously you two are fighting. We're not fighting. Well, she... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lucy Hatcher has reverted back to her natural brunette color. The purple has gone away. That's true. He's fighting, but you're just not involved enough to realize it. Lucy, I think you should just stay out of things. Is that possible? Foley Depot. Thank you. We go in for our marriage license today. You did manage to remember that? Yes. Good. What is your problem? Problem? I don't have a problem. Look, Lindsay, you screwed up the invitations. Maybe that if I so had a little help. Here we go. Here we go. Don't here we go, me. Here I we had go. to do everything, Bobby. <laughs> also, you know, she didn't screw up the invitations. First, you complained that I was booking the everything. I meant the church and your dead mother's dress. But when it comes to doing all of oh. the work, you know, you just can't be bothered. Well, I'm bothered now. I don't think you even want to be married. Here we go. Don't here, here we, we go. go, me. If you hear here me go me one more go. time, I am going to scream, okay? Do you hear me? Here Listen to yourself. Groomzilla. Oh, and I hate that one, too. Listen Ladies to and gentlemen, uh, a different angle and a different lighting has uh, shown that Lucy Hatcher's hair is still purple. I retract my previous uh, comment on Lucy's hair. Now here back we to go your marital fight. Yourself. If you ever say those things in our marriage, I will scream, okay? It's good to know these things before we become husband and wife. You know, this is, this is very, very healthy. Bug off. This is going well. Oop. This is going really well. Well, it's nice to know you can make her scream. Weird sex comment. Weird. Lucy is As always good see, for we random weird enough. sex comment. There she is getting out of her car. She's got something in her coat. She's moving across the street. I think I score points on atonality so There's no one stopping They keep her. switching back and forth between Okay, here things. it comes. She yeah, pulls out the enough. weapon. Bang, bang. Oh. She drops the weapon and puts her hands up. And she's tackled by the officers. That's pretty much it. Now, if I were going to go to murder somebody, I would empty the clip. I would not just hit two. Huh. She would be excessive. What do you mean you can't testify? Look, I didn't think she was insane to begin with. I was prepared to say she might have been. So what's changed? 
That tape this I just Nick saw, I hadn't seen it before, and clearly she is calm, composed. That doesn't mean she wasn't in a rage. Maybe she was, but you're asking me to testify she couldn't distinguish right from wrong. I can't say that. She put her hands up over her head very calmly after she fired those shots. That tells me she expected to be arrested. It tells me she knew what she was doing was wrong. Oh, come on. This defense was a stretch to begin I, with, Eleanor. I, I can't stretch it that. He's making a decent point. Yeah, and it's really nice to see one of these experts actually stand up for honesty and a little integrity because generally it's, yeah. the conversation is only surrounding how much do we pay them. Who are they working for? That they're all shills. So it's nice to see one of them be like, y'all, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At far. You have before. No, I haven't, Eugene. And certainly not on television. I have a professional reputation, too. You ever think about that? Think about it. We're paying you for it. We gave you $10,000. There you have it. I'll refund the money. You can't jump ship like this, this. I am not about to commit perjury. Give me $10,000. I will say whatever you want me to say. If I testified was temporarily insane, I would be doing so. Mr. Varney. Uh, yes. Was Marley Matlin uh, insane when she shot that man? Uh, depend. Uh, 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 yes or no, depending on we what you paid, wanted me to say. We paid you to say yes. Oh, yeah. No, she's Looney Tunes. It's crazy. Super crazy. You wouldn't believe it. Mr. Varney, have you ever received a degree or trained in psychology in any way, shape, or form? Uh, I have a uh, a a bachelor's degree in singing high. <laughs> uh, that'll be all, sir. Okay, very good. If you don't tell Would you like mail, me to she say, could be facing she's life. Your client committed murder, Eleanor. You don't want to be introducing my opinion. Now what? We get Dr. Lanning. Dr. Dope? At least he'll say what we want. So, Dr. Dope. You should be here for Sally's <laughs> testimony. Keith, I got a great part this for you. Just Breakdown just came okay, in. Okay, great. Oh, uh, my God. Am I finally going to get my card? I can't wait. Well, it's, a, it's an under five, and we're going to call you Dr. Dope. I think great. I should take Love it across. It's just uh, voiceover. We're going to use Why? something more attractive no offense, in the actual but scene. I just think I'm able to come off more so, sympathetic yeah. than you. You sympathetic? Richard, it's a woman on trial. She lost her daughter. I just think it makes more sense to have Love a woman cross her. them drinking the generic fake... Sprite. Uh, Keith and listeners, please jump on the non sequitur train with me for just a second as I, that reminded me, Keith, do you know that for as long as I've known you, every time I see the commercial, this commercial, you'll recognize it instantly. J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH, no! Uh I think to uh myself, how the fuck did they not get Keith for that commercial? You were made to be in that one J.G. Wentworth commercial where they're all singing opera sitting on the bus. You know the one? You know the one. Yeah, oh, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's another one where, like, they have a bad opera singer singing about pasta sauce. I'm like, yeah. why do I not have that job? I don't know. Same reason that I, can, I, can I was right for the hairy chest job, opera. but never got it. So there you go. Oh, oh, that's very cute of you yes, to think of it with the hairy chest. It's a hairy back. It's not your strength. Oh, right. That's what it was. How close am I to losing my job, Helen? I didn't say you were about to lose your job. I know a guy who's got just a hairy back. Review. Are you an agent and a best slash bail bonds woman? Are you looking for a guy with a hairy back? I've, I got a guy for you. <laughs> He's my roommate. We made out once and then he moved in with me. It's a long story, but. And your social security? 062 We were in a show called Fags and Cell Phones together. Oh, God. 
For the okay. real We did not title the show. We sure didn't. For both? Yes. Fine. And do we have copies of our blood tests? Sorry, they're getting their marriage license. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, this is David E. Kelly's idea of a rom-com. This is education pamphlet, which I'm acquired mm -hmm. under Massachusetts law to give you. Fine. Yes. Um, would you like one of your own? Fine. Okay. Lady I think that about does it. Oh, Allison Lindsay. Croft. Middle name? Suzanne. Lindsay Suzanne. Oh, your initials are LSD. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, she's funny. <laughs> she's great. All right, I just need $25 in cash. Excellent. Okay, here you go. Have a wonderful marriage. Zing. She had been missing right, for two days when I got the call from the police. Lines. Give a great performance, the Allison. They said they thought they had found my daughter. Marley's on the stand now. And they asked if I would go to the coroner's office to identify her. And did you go? Yes. They took me into a room and showed me her body. And she was dead. Yes. Did you make the identification? Yes. Uh, I might cry. Do you have any other children, Sally? Wait for it. No. And Jessica's father? He died three years ago. At some point, you became aware that Mr. Whittier was a suspect in Jessica's death. Yes. I saw it on the morning news. That his psychiatrist had turned him in and the police were planning to arrest him. Had you ever met Mr. Whittier before? Yes. He was Jessica's soccer coach. Oh. I would like for you to tell the court what happened on that morning. I took my gun I drove to his house. I saw that the police were already there. I parked my car two houses away. And I waited. Waited for what? For him to come out. Why? So I could kill him. Can you tell the court what you were thinking when you approached him? thinking about about Jessica her last minutes how she probably couldn't understand why this was happening to her what was going through her mind when his hands were around her throat. <laughs> what, was, 
when he was inside of her. She was only seven. She was only seven. Even Linda Hunt is crying. All right, Marley, that was good. Could we re-rack? I think we're going to... Could we just... Let's do that again. Could you just show me a little more? I'm going to need yeah, a little you, more from that. So anyway, could you just like emotionally connect to that scene just a little bit? Uh, actually, that was fucking incredible. And I'm sure you know that we're joking. Also, Keith, I feel really bad because I think two episodes ago... I bestowed upon a wonderful actress, Bia, 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 that uh, I believe I gave her the distinction of my favorite guest actor performance of the entire series, you'll recall. I believe she's going to hold that crown for uh, precisely one episode. uh, Wow, I mean, that scene was unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, I really don't. I you those of you who have spent six days of your life with Keith and I, um, you will find that it, generally we talk constantly, uh, except apparently when this woman is in a scene. In which case, I just yeah. can't stop from shivering and weeping. <clears throat> no, it's it is a I mean that is a breathtaking performance. I mean and and just like it's so dangerous. Now, if I'm writing this show. Writing that scene is really dangerous mm-hmm. because it is so dark and sad and upsetting. And in the hands of a lesser performer, it's not only not that good, it's really bad. Well, like yeah. it's, it, When you take a swing like that, you have to be good. You cannot be mediocre and do that scene. Well, think about this also as as the writer, right? You're aware, if, I imagine, yeah, I imagine that you know, or maybe not, that, that she's going to be, uh, that a deaf actress is playing this part. I, well, I imagine here, you know you've got Marley. This episode was clearly written for Marley. Because, you know, delivering this dark monologue, as you said, is not your great actress. It's uh, an interpreter. I mean, all of the that's te- right. All of it that's is being absolutely. read, basically, yeah. off a teleprompter, probably. Um, and so you're counting on Marley to. Ex- it, she's not just acting it; she is experiencing it. I mean, we've crossed yeah. that threshold. And on top of that, then in the editing suite, you've got because she's not speaking, you've got all of this air of just tortured emotional utterance, right? Her emotive sounds and you've got to decide is this too much i mean she's basically we're just listening to her cry for minutes on end and in this case it's it's not just not uh not too much it's perfect you know it's it's perfect well and and also it's clear that it was happening in the room i mean i i'm not sure they ever had the intent of showing judge hiller crying Mm-hmm. I bet they just put cameras on everybody 
let her do it. And then that was just Linda Hunt's reaction that she was not able to fight through as the judge and not react. Man, to be a like fly in the that, wall. You, 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 yeah. I got to imagine that's, if that's not the first take, it was surely the last one. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to need another one. Well, and, and like, you know, acting, you know, people make fun of actors all the time. Like, how hard it is. You just say, like, pretend to be whatever. To go through that with that level of commitment, you kind of have to go through that. And that, like, just has had to be so hard on marley to get herself there and live there because you don't know how many takes you did you don't know how much coverage they could do at once mm -hmm. she might have had to do that over and over and over again yeah you don't know what the scoring is going to be you don't know what the extras are going to do i mean it's there's so many variables man that was just a really great scene i think is what we're is what we're saying it's a good scene it's a good scene good job marley really loving that b-roll this episode do you yeah. want to marry her or not of course i want to marry her then act like it. Welcome back, oh, Rebecca Cricket. You've done nothing, Bobby. That's the problem. She shows you her dress. You hardly glance at it. The invitations, you couldn't be bothered. You've completely disengaged. I don't blame her. All that stuff is so trivial. It's a big deal to her. Bobby, this is the biggest day of her life. That should mean something to you, does it? I think what Rebecca's trying to say does. is get your head then out of your ass, that. Bobby. We're I think in what May, Rebecca's got a saying June is, wedding. you're being a... You a baby baby. Look at me. You're being you're a dick, Bobby. Don't let your wedding day suddenly sneak up on you. You're always dashing off to court trying to get this guy free, trying to get that guy bail, trying to overturn what happened to the other guy. Lindsay's your life. I know that. Show her that, too. Yeah, buddy, James Spader's coming for your gig, so you better fucking man up. How many <laughs> days after your daughter's death did you see on the news that the police were about to make an arrest? Three. And after hearing this news, you then retrieved your gun. Yes. You then called your real estate broker and canceled your appointment. Yes. Don't do that. Then you drove to the suspect's house. Yes. Little and fan. you decided to park at a neighbor's house so you wouldn't be detected murder. Didn't by want to the waste police. Her broker's time. Yes. Where do you keep your gun at home, Miss Berg? In a safe. A combination safe? Yes. Do you keep it loaded? No. I have to load it. Thank you. Miss Berg. I'm deeply sorry for your loss. You're here to put me in prison, Miss Gamble. Don't tell me how sorry you are. Yeah, come at Unless come you've at had Helen. a child taken from you, you can't begin to understand my loss. Helen took that one on the chin. Miss Frutt. What else can you say, witness really? Witness may step down. Please call your next witness. Uh, we'd like to call Dr. Dope. The Is defense rests. Oh, shit. Eugene with the big balls rests in a case early, twice in a row. Explain that to me. I will. 
We don't even call an expert. Sally was our strongest witness. Damn right she rest was. on her than Dr. You Dope. Don't well, Helen would have cleaned and bone conversation like before we you do it. We need somebody to say she was insane. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We have an affirmative defense, Eugene. We have a legal burden to prove it. Eleanor, our case won't depend on proving Sally Berg was insane. Everybody in the room knows she wasn't. We know it. The prosecution knows it. So does the jury. Our case is getting those 12 people to want to send her home. And Sally's testimony is what we need to ring in their ears. Not Dr. Lanning, who goes from courthouse to courthouse collecting cashier's checks. Our defense is emotion. We rest on the highest note. You're talking to Eugene here, man. You're he forgetting Judge Hiller. She this. is going to instruct. If our case came down to Dr. Lanning, we'd be dead. He's right, Eleanor. I think Gene, Eugene Kevin makes Sanity, a very we're convincing just arguing case that with here. A wink. The jury knows it. If we try to fool them, we just lose credibility. Eugene's right. It's a big risk, but we have to take it. She shot the dude point blank. You ready to close? Well, I guess I have to be. All right, your indignation is duly noted. Well, she's the lead on the case. No, no, no. And the, she, she's right to be annoyed by how it went down, but I think it's the right decision. That was very moving for me, getting the marriage license. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while we're handing out oopsies and Oscars and Emmys in the previous scene, uh, Bobby McDonald uh, is not receiving one here. Though Dylan's doing a fine job, Bobby himself uh, needs some coaching. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, uh, CEO Jen, uh, imagine Mike <laughs> came back from getting your certificate and gave you the following statement. Well, that was moving, getting our marriage certificate. Actually, during our planning of our wedding, I played, I played Grand Theft Auto uh, and just murdered people mercilessly, vehicularly, and Jen mm-hmm. was only allowed to ask me yes or no questions, binary questions, yes or no, or this or that. And guess what? It worked just fine. <laughs> Why are we fighting? So you were not helpful we at all. We always seem to fight. Which is what I married. think she wanted. Why? I don't know. Do you want to get married, Bobby? Lindsay, I would marry you tonight. I just... I just hate weddings. And Things I'd be lying you if I said I was getting all excited about the ceremony. How can a person hate weddings? Because it's all about the, the catering and, and I actually dresses agree with Bobby and here entirely. flowers 100%. and who's invited and who's sitting at whose table. It should be the most intimate moment of a couple's life. Julie and they and spend were the day hoping that their guests are taken care of. Well, little what? I don't love pressure that everything Jillian and I were backwards. Smooth. Like I don't, I don't love love weddings, and I definitely would always choose this smaller option. But I definitely enjoy parts of it. And Jillian was like, "We can invite one person." <laughs> like, we ended up having a very very small, which I think was actually right for for both of us. I think it was really really good. But yeah, no, I was I, I'm always like the the bigger and she's always the smaller the in thing, general. The thing for me was like, I don't like being told what I have to do, uh, what the rules are, what the tradition is, this, that, and the other. I, I, I always kick back against that. And, you know, my brother kept trying to say, this isn't about you. It's about, <clears throat> you know, your wife and what she wants and what she's been dreaming about since she was a little kid. And, and while I was on one hand, obviously I love my wife and I want her to have what she wants. But 
I never bought that. It's not her wedding. It's our wedding. We are getting married. It's about our relationship. We have to come to, there's a, there is a, I mean, hopefully, (laughs) if your marriage is to last, there is a collaboration that can take place. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the the idea that it's only for the woman is sort of a sexist trope. We're also not, you know, his, his father is not, or her father is not paying you like a donkey and three chickens to take (laughs) her off your hand. You know, (laughs) like it's time. It's, uh. But, and, but and I yeah, don't believe no, it's a it's, compromise. You know, I don't think you're coming to a compromise. Like I said, I think it's more, it should be, in my in my view, and everybody's entitled to their own, uh, it should be a collaboration rather than... Yeah. Uh, it should be a reflection of your relationship mm-hmm. So what I think that, that means to both of you. Yeah. I think what Keith and I are saying is that Lindsay should just wear the goddamn dress that Bobby's mom died in, and let's just be done with this. <laughs> that, that's not what I'm saying. Keith does not endorse that statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, or Lucy should wear it. Lucy while should wear Bobby's it. Bobby's marrying Lindsay at a Boston Red Sox. The marriage. That's right. Lucy while Jimmy be, throws uh, out the first pitch. <laughs> would you really rather elope? Truthfully, yes. It would be me and you without all the distractions, but I know you want the big wedding day, and if that's your dream... I wish it were your dream. Lindsay, I've only had two dreams my whole life. One was to pitch for the Red Sox, the other was to meet and marry the greatest woman... Red Sox! No. Red Sox! One for two isn't bad. Oh, no, it's going to be two for two, Bobby, because Lindsay's going to get no, you to go throw out a pitch for the Red Sox. For your mood swings. That's so... Oh, 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 okay, okay. She knows okay, somebody. Oh. Close personal friend worked for the team yeah also accused of murder next week <laughs> oh wait it's closing time time to put your case to bed alright can we do it yeah, I'm gonna try it's closing I think I got a hernia otherwise you're crying I already have one closing time and for the season finale close Jason Kravitz yeah Uh, if you kill my child I get to kill you well if you rape my child I get to kill you on a pure emotional level that doesn't really offend me truth be told on an emotional level I admit to taking some satisfaction in Michael Whittier's death if he did what he was accused of. I say if, because I'm not sure yet. Michael Whittier never got his day in court. He was executed before proven guilty. None of us can take any satisfaction in that, emotionally or intellectually. One of the reasons we have laws is to prevent people from going around with guns being ruled by their emotions. I sympathize with Sally Berg, as I know you do. But she wasn't acting out of insanity on that day. She made a series of conscious choices. She had the steadiness of hand to open a combination lock to load a revolver, to drive a car through traffic without incident. She had the presence of mind to park where she could avoid police detection. She had an understanding that what she did was illegal, 
as indicated by her raising her hands in surrender immediately after firing the shots. She willfully, deliberately, with malice aforethought, committed a premeditated murder. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The only real question here Keith, is... I think she's guilty. ...whether you'll embrace her vigilantism by becoming vigilantes yourselves... A pretty damn good closing, Jason. you'll instead uphold the law you swore to uphold. This is your trial now, ladies and gentlemen. This is your society. I mean, what is what does Cameron say to that? She's like, right here, I have a VHS tape of the uh, testimony my client gave yesterday. We're gonna go ahead and pop that in the old yeah, v- right. VCR. Thank <clears throat> you, founding sponsor Jennifer Masanova. I am not a psychiatrist, and neither is Mr. Bay. But I know of no medical opinions or studies that say rage automatically makes you act wildly. Sometimes, if the rage is profound enough, I would imagine it could take you over to a point where you are even capable of cold, methodical vengeance. This is the kind of profound rage and grief that took over Sally Berg. I won't pretend to know what was going on inside her head. I have never had a child raped and murdered. And I would guess none of us here would presume to know such horror. Uh oh. I see an easel, Keith. Are we have to look at this? Aw. It's a little girl with her teddy bear. This is Jessica Berg. She loved to collect and trade Pokemon cards. Pokemon? She liked her stuffed animals more than her dolls. Cameron's getting choked up. I like them both equally. To play soccer. My stuffed animals and my dolls. A lot of tears. I would like to take a moment. And I would ask you to try and imagine the last few minutes of her life. Ugh. Keith, guilty, innocent, I don't know which one to pick or choose. If I, oh, boo. If I were, uh, if I were here, I would be objecting to the relevance of this. Like, it feels like exploitative. That girl's getting her college money, though. The actress in this picture. Well, we are all collectively are supposed to imagine her being brutalized. She going to NYU, baby. I give up. <laughs> How old is that little girl now? That's where 20 years later, she's probably four there. Four or five. Yeah. She's when the picture was taken. Yeah. She's definitely out of probably college by now. Coming up on 30. Yeah. I hope she's not a listener. Truly, profoundly. Imagine being her mother. I'd like to formally apologize to that stock model actress. Stock photo actress. 
Oh, no, she's like, I thought I was shooting a best catalog. Her best? No. Maybe it was just on the East Coast. You were East Coast. Look, I'm trying to uh, encourage you to be best in this moment, and it's not working. Well, I'm weeping still. Even as I'm making jokes, I'm crying. So all that said, jokes aside, surprisingly, right, right. Um, here we are again. It's jury nullification, plain and simple, up right. and down, black and white. Right. Yep. And we've we've yeah. we've litigated this point, pun intended, you know, plenty of times. Yeah, we have, we have, and this is sort of like the most extreme version of it, but it's the same basic right. principle just, here. Just because the mother is gives a better performance on the stand, a more emotionally wrought performance, doesn't doesn't subtract from the fact that she basically admitted and visually admitted on the tape that this was premeditated. So Richard yeah. Bay gives his strongest case, at least that we've seen. So can he finally get that first win? Yeah. So you're saying you're guilty. If I'm in the, the jury uh, and I was presented with all of that, I'm brokenhearted. I'll hear you. I probably would have well, need some convincing, but ultimately, I think I'd. I'm gonna surprise him. You're going to throw a surprise guilty. elopement. Yep. This is the best way I, to handle those 390 invitations. I agree. Elope and tell people that we're already married, and then we can have a small ceremony later and invite the people that we really want. Am I on that list, Lindsay? Are you sure about this? Hell no, sure. Lucy. But we got I work for you, you to, to do. Off. <laughs> Tonight. Tonight. Like in three hours from right now. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm Kelly, giving up my dreams for a man who treats me like shit. Fan. Yeah, but it, if I lose have this you seen his eyes? Because you cried. They didn't see me cry. You saw you cover your face. I doubt they thought you were oh, trying wow. to hide a pimple. The problem isn't me crying. The you know, I've always dreamed of marrying my co-worker who was banging my roommate and best friend for a while. And then... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stopped banging her so that we could bang on his dirty sofa with pizza all over it and a spare tire in his office. It's always been my dream, right, right. especially while coming down the aisle in his Oh my God, are you finally wedding. popping the question to me? Keith, will you do me the honor to be my podcast wife for the next four seasons and beyond? Oh, clearly. I have, uh, I've, I have definitely committed to the four worst part. We've already done that. <laughs> The problem is there were tears in the jurors' eyes. We dealt, we dealt with the sickness part, too. So. <laughs> Where's the other half coming? Look. I just want another happy hour. Eleanor said she'd still be willing Order to hour. What's it called? Voluntary. Happy hour? I think we should give it to them. Oh, it's I think they should know to that upstairs. If she walks, they'll hate that word. Cocktail hour. Ah, I'll talk ah. to Scott. No. Helen... If we plead out on involuntary, the perception upstairs will be I lost. Richard, I need a guilty here. This can't be about job security. Easy for you. You're not under review. Richard. She committed a first-degree murder, Helen. I don't want to give her involuntary. That's not how this works, Richard. And I don't want to lose my job. Stakes are high for everybody. The judge is going to keep them until 9 since it's Friday. And if they haven't decided by then, they're going to suspend until Monday. 
Oh no, we're getting a verdict any minute now, Marley. Don't you wait. Don't you worry. Me too. Richard said no to involuntary. Why? Principle, I guess. You can overrule him, Helen. It's his call. Yikes. Eleanor, can I talk to you in private for a second? I just talked to Lindsay. She and Bobby are getting married tonight. What? She's surprising him with an elopement. Oh, men just love to be surprised like that. Are you serious? Beat yes. change. She, she says she wants us to be there. I said we could be here till nine. She's going to try to hold the service, but the priest has got a plane to catch. Is she pregnant? No. She says it's what he really wants. She wants to surprise him. Helen. Eleanor. <sighs> Jury's back. Yikes. Here we go. What's going to happen, Mike? Is, is Are we going guilty or not guilty here? Man, I don't know, but fuck Richard Bay, man. Forget the win. Give this lady a break. <laughs> Just because she's a great actress. Oh, there a, you go. And we got a wedding to catch. We can't end on a she's guilty and then go to the happy wedding ending. She's got to be not guilty. The defendant will please rise. Yet both of us voted to convict. Yeah, but... Madam Foreperson, the jury if has I was invited reached for the a wedding, unanimous verdict. I'd be like, we oh, have your honor. <laughs> what say you? Fuck, here we go. Commonwealth versus Sally Berg on the count of murder in the first degree. We find the defendant not guilty. Hey! Under still still going though. Underscore still going. On the count of murder in the second degree, we find the defendant guilty. Members of the jury, this completes your service. Security, take the defendant into custody. We are adjourned. I mean, it's sad for our heroes, but I don't necessarily disagree with that verdict. I mean, it's sad for everybody. The whole situation's sad. But. Yes, right. I mean, no justice was served. We will appeal it. She murdered the man. It's a life sentence. But we're going to do everything that we can. I promise. Second episode in a row, I think it's important to note we had Linda Hunt and we had Holland Taylor last week, and they haven't, neither of them said a word. Right. That's true. Really hitting that timpani, though. I like it. Oh, yeah. We've got that subwoofer going for your podcast listening. All right, enough is enough. What the hell's going on? Well, this is your bachelor party. Bachelor party? Rebecca, guys are supposed to throw bachelor parties. Yeah, we just wanted to make sure you got one. You know, sometimes weddings can just sneak up on you, and how sad would it be if you didn't actually get to have a bat? Ow! What happened? Rebecca just hit me. Where am I? All right, all right, all right. Turn around. Should I get the signal? No, no, no. What signal? Okay, take your blindfold off. At least Bobby committed to the blindfold. Now, Lucy. Too many people peek. Oh, they're at... 
Fenway. They're at Fenway. What? what? I, I'm in Fenway Park. Yes, you we are. We know. But why? What, what am I doing here? Well, you're doing what everybody does in Fenway Park. You're eloping. Excuse me? Lindsay really pulled you're out eloping. all the stops. She sure did. Oh, oh she's, she's on the mound. On the mound in her trash. Oh, guess what, Keith? Mike's tearing up again. Here we go. <laughs> oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> Is this for real? <laughs> if you want it to be. Hey, Bobby. You can do this. Robert Prosky. Special permission Back from the and this Bobby will be official. Priest. Like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> well, you get you you, you get who you can get. It would yeah. be official. I figured we could have a more traditional ceremony a little later with families and close friends. And since we don't have enough seasons left to have a baby, we actually brought in the dead baby you left on the church parking lot steps. <laughs> uh, they're bringing him in from the bullpen right now. <laughs> Your priest kept it. <laughs> Night. I thought you might like to pitch for the Red Sox. I'll catch. Oh, you damn right you will. It's wedding Gross. night. I don't mean hey, to rush, but that uh, <laughs> I've got a memo from 20 years you know, later. Sure. I want you to do this right. something different now. Sure. You did just offer to catch. Let's get married. Hold on. Do we miss it? And they're running from the trial. I'm getting old. We just kept that deaf lady locked up for the rest of her life. Hooray. I, I, I am. I, Look, they're on the scoreboard. Please. What, they hired the whole production crew? Of course. Well, oh, okay. look at all of the Now, this obviously is not a cathedral known for its happy endings. Uh, but Fenway Park oh. Red Red Sox is a symbol of a deep, lifelong commitment of joy and of pain. Father. Bobby gets to get married without a tie, as it should be. I, Bobby. I, Bobby. Take thee, Lindsay. Take thee, Lindsay. To be my wedded wife. To have and to hold. To be my wedded wife. To have and to hold. From this day forward, for better, for worse. From this day forward, for better, for worse. For richer, for poorer, in sickness and health. I've been memorizing this for a long time. It's sweet. It's love. I haven't had a line in it's this cherish. show for like six episodes, so I've had time to get it down. This is my solemn vow. Lucy's crying. Helen's crying. Well, Eugene's nonplussed. Hi, right, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Uh, uh, you haven't memorized this, have you? I need a little help. <laughs> right. Take thee, Bobby, to be my wedded husband. Take thee, Bobby, to be my wedded husband. To have and to hold from this day forward. To have and to hold from this day forward. All right, can we do a yada, for yada, better, yada? For for worse, for richer, for poorer. You gotta say it. Worse. Just look into Bobby's dreamy eyes. It'll sickness be worth it for you. And in health, to love and to cherish. In sickness and in health. For two seasons and to love and to cherish. Possibly kill somebody in an exorcism. But fall. whatever. Do you have the rings? Not yet. Oh, all right. Then, by the powers vested in me under the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, under God, 
nice still time for Joey Herrick to show up. On the on the big scoreboard. Yes. Man and wife. Guess that means he's off the market now. <laughs> All right, Mike. So did they go to Fenway to shoot this, or what are we do- dealing yeah, with? Yeah. Oh no, no, they they could not green screen this. They actually went to Fenway for this. Oh, he's not talking. Season to me. finale. We just won the Emmy. He's, he's not talking toast. to me, is he? Thank but he's you all right for my heart. being here. Probably goes without saying, which is good because I never say it. But uh, I got a very big dick. <laughs> you people are my best friends. <laughs> You've been waiting the whole show for that. The world to me. <laughs> no, I, I just and, thought uh, of it. This woman. She is my world. People shouldn't cry in baseball fields. Let's go. Tom Hanks famously said it. No crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. There's no crying in baseball! Oh, look, she tried to give Helen the the bouquet, and I wonder if that was in the scene she didn't want to take it, or she played it as... It seemed improv Could have been. She was like, no, bitch, the script says you keep that bouquet. B-roll. We're flying over Boston. The piano's tinkling. Mike's crying. We have to tease something for next season. What's the tease here? Usually it's somebody in a nun's outfit or... Oh, That's Marley. True. Marley's nope, going away for life. we're just going to see Marley get in the prison van. Going in prison Richard Bay watching her go. That's your legacy, Bay. You son of a bitch. He did his And job. he's smiling. Or crying. I, I can't tell. He's, I'm not sure what we're supposed to take away from that. Okay. Wow. Folks, you have gotten through season four of The Practice. Wow. Keith, I don't know what yeah. to say, really. A lot just happened, and uh, it's almost time to adjudicate it, It, as we do every week, once Mike sets up the setups. All right. Wow, that was that. that. Season four finale, folks. You just heard it. Or you didn't, and you just kept watching the video. Uh, Yeah, one of those two things happened for sure. Yes, indeed. Well, in case you didn't listen with us, don't worry. We have your back in a segment we call... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Y'all batter up. Marley Matson is in the show. She killed some some bitch who, <laughs> who raped her daughter and killed her. So she killed that some a bitch. They try to argue jury nullification. Meanwhile, Bobby and Lindsay, guess what? Bobby don't want a big wedding. Maybe he's telling her a little bit late, but now she finds out. So she decides she's going to play catcher. They go to Fenway Park and they elope. But they do so under the shadow of Richard Bay's first win, where Marley gets sent to prison. Not first degree, but second degree. Still a life sentence, and Bobby has a life sentence, too, with Lindsay. Wow, you did a really good job of that, except for you murdered Marley Matlin's name. Well, you know, me and her are very close, so I call her Marley Matson. It's just like a, a pet name I have. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, that means... 
we have only one more exciting thing to do for our episode, and that is we hand out fake awards in a segment we call... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, they're the fake awards we give out at the end of every episode. And stay tuned. Next week, we have our season oopsies for season four. So do not miss the season four oopsie spectacular. We have a lot of fun things planned. I did a bunch of stuff. It's going to be really fun. So don't miss it. But before we do that, we must hand out the... This is tough, I guess, because truth be told, Richard Bay gets his first win. But yeah, look, we had a great close. I thought we had some great, I think Eugene did his best to salvage what was possible. I think there was a great, Yeah. they did what they could do. I mean, that's good luring, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they should have worked a little harder to get that, to get that deal done. And, uh, I think we gotta we gotta give it to Richard Bay. I think Richard Bay's the most valuable lawyer. Uh, at the end of the day, you gotta go with Bay. So, yeah, Richard Bay. I completely agree. I think he uh, he nailed it. He did did a really good job in a very unsympathetic situation under incredible intense pressure from his friend, who apparently wants to go in there and sabotage his entire emotional experience, but. He did not let the emotional experience of the trial get in the way of his prosecution. So well done, Richard Bay. Which brings us to, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I think this might be an anticlimactic. Already famous cause you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDB, way to go. But you're the best guest actor. Folks, in an unprecedented move, unprecedented, I am ready to go on record and state, and I've never done this before, never. Oh, well, it's never been done before. No one has ever even thought of it. My favorite guest actor performance of the entire series was this week, Marley Matlin. Wow. Wow. That is a big statement, sir. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't I don't know if I'm quite ready to go that far out, but I am certainly happy to award her this episode's best guest actor. So congratulations, Marley Matlin, because with an Oscar, three Emmy noms, and three Golden Globe noms, you're really just waiting for the oopsie. So uh it's it's how you get the egoot. 
Everybody needs that e-goot. <laughs> Everybody needs the e-goot. Okay, next up. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. Several. You're the best actor on the show. A lot of great performances this week. Kelly Williams gets a shout out. Dylan, welcome back to the series that you're supposed to be the star of. Uh, right, right. You did great. But I think, once again, I, I don't know how we don't give it to Cameron. She just absolutely smashes. The first half of the episode specifically was just so solid, so wonderful that she's uh, far and away the best actress on the show. Well, and there is, there's really something to say for an actor who is able to perform in multiple languages. So yeah. if you are bilingual, you're able to like, oh, so you do a whole scene in French or something like this. She was able to do bilingual simultaneously. She was communicating in two languages simultaneously, as well as acting and storytelling and remembering her line. It's extraordinary. So yeah, obviously... Cameron Mannheim, congratulations on your incredibly well-earned Best Actor Award. Next up. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and show last week's Tom Brady, Wolverine, Tom Brady, Stinky Tom Brady by the Dumpster. This week. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Uh, Tom Brady wearing red socks is the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. <laughs> Brady wearing red socks. Wow, how exciting. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm taking yeah. it back, Keith. I'm taking it back. It's Tom Brady eloping, Tom Brady wearing red socks, eloping with Bobby while wearing Bobby's dead mom's wedding dress. <laughs> That's so much better, but you just gave me another 10 minutes of photoshopping, you fucker. And it's true. <laughs> I think I deserve that. Yeah. All right, congratulations. Tom Brady eloping with Bobby wearing Bobby's dead mother's wedding dress. The second time uh, Tom has worn uh, Bobby's dead mother's wedding dress in a uh, Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady Award. Okay, that means there's only one more thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, it's come to this. Uh, it has. I thought it was a great episode. Uh, it wasn't as tonally inconsistent as I thought. I mean, it was, but it, it wasn't as egregious as I thought, and I was really bought in. I Got a little teary-eyed when they got married. I really enjoyed the performances. Actually, the performances were stellar. The case wasn't all that unique. We've been there before. But sometimes that's all forgiven when the performances are this good. So I'm going to say we went out with a bang. Uh, a solid 8.75 spare tires. 8.75. Yeah. No, I think, that's, I think that's fair. I actually, I think I agree with all of what you just said there. I think the... The case itself was okay. Um, I thought they, it got a little exploitative at the end. Like okay. it got a little bit of like misery porn. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. I mean, uh, Marley and Cameron just going toe to toe in, in just that scene alone was worth the price of admission. Um, you know, and the, and, and the wedding, I liked it. It was, it was more interesting. I don't, I think as we as we talked about, I'm just not a fan of how Bobby treats Lindsay. Yeah, I'm not suck. a fan it of sucks. their relationship, really. So I was less happy for them getting married. I thought like she went out on a limb and did this 
huge, beautiful gesture to him that he hasn't really shown that he deserves. So it's a little harder to get on board with it. <laughs> uh, but it was still a nice moment. Um, and uh, so I don't think I'm quite as bullish on it, but I do think it was very good. So uh, I think I would I would give it a seven minus the Marley and Cameron scene. So that bumps it up to a 7.75 for me. So where we meet in the middle, somewhere around a 8.4 or something? 3.75 or something yeah. like that? I don't yeah, know, something like that. that. Yeah. As Keith and I have proved, our SATs were really great. Yeah, no, I, d I was I just couldn't have given the tiniest shit, and maybe I should have. Okay, folks, you have worked your way through the season finale of the Out of Practice podcast season four. If you would like to reach out to us and tell us about it, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Out of Practice. You can email us directly at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our blog and see our ranking of the episodes, outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. We'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our founding sponsors because the Out of Practice podcast is brought to you by people on the slide. Leanne Wrights, CloudLover69, Jorge Novoa, and Jennifer Masanova. And Mike is going to tell you how you can join them here on this slide. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so in one of two ways, by a one-time contribution or a monthly contribution to help us keep the show going. You'll find the links to those options in the show notes. Additionally, you can always leave us a review, even though none of you have been doing it, but you can do so, or you can help out the show by telling a friend. Anyone you might think will enjoy our nonsense, or just enjoy watching these excellent performances like you saw today on the podcast. Keith, I want to let you know, forget something old or something new, borrowed or blue. When it comes to doing a podcast, I'd rather do it with you. And I say, uh, I do. Laser sounds! Laser sounds to my heart.